Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From movie set to multiplex, it's the business of film with James Cameron Wilson. Jerry, don't let us for the moon. We have the stars. Spartacus! I'm Spartacus! To infinity and beyond! This is Simon Rose. You join me for the business of film, where I am about to hear from James Cameron Wilson just what has been happening at the UK box office and find out about um, some films to watch or not as we progress. So, James, where do we begin today? Well, you need to hang on to your seats, Simon Rose. Mm -hmm. Last weekend, thanks largely to three very strong new openings, the box office leapt by 180.9%. Which impressive. um, I can't remember the last time the box office leapt so high since we've been doing this programme. No, though, of course, from a slightly more depressed base than we used to. Well, indeed, indeed. But you have to base it within the context of the box office. So that's very good indeed. Uh, In the 300... This is our 381st show, as you may know. (laughs) I haven't counted. That's extraordinary. Okay, 381. Okay, box office is up 180%. I went recently at the cinema there weren't very many people in fact the last two occasions i've been there weren't very many people there but the, perhaps i don't choose the the right film so what is top of the box office chart then well we have a new film at number one called sonic the hedgehog oh. 2 <laughs> which made right. five million pounds sterling this is the third highest opening this year behind only the batman and Sing 2, and it's the highest opening weekend gross for any video game adaptation. Now, you may remember that I was not looking forward to the original Sonic the Hedgehog movie based on the popular Sega, Sega, Sega video game, and that I was rather pleasantly surprised. I, I film... actually do recall that, yes, because yeah, yeah. I was I was myself surprised that you were surprised to be pleasantly surprised. Well, I was dreading it because I'm not a huge fan of video game adaptations. And the film was an unexpected success, grossing $319.7 million worldwide. In fact, it was so successful that they fell over themselves to produce a sequel in double quick time at the speed of Sonic himself who's a very fast blue extraterrestrial hedgehog. (laughs) And unfortunately, it shows this really is a rushed job. There is an air of desperation hovering over the proceedings as the actors and CGI overcompensate wildly for the lack of a single original idea. So there are more explosions, bigger explosions, more pratfalls, more devastation, more mugging, and more flatulence. But it does start rather well. You may recollect or may not that the 
The nemesis, Sonic's nemesis, is Dr. Robotnik, played by Jim Carrey, back in his day's heyday of gurning. And he was actually very funny in the original film. But here he's been encouraged by the director, Jeff Fowler, who returns uh, in, in the hot seat to overgurn even more. The opening is very promising, which is set on the Mushroom Planet, where Dr. Robotnik, also known as the Eggman, has been exiled, and he works out... I mean, he's a genius. He's a brilliant scientific genius. And he's worked out how to get the mushrooms to serve his every need in a very sort of technical way. But he, he is a bit tired. He can't wait to get off this piece of shiitake planet, as he calls it. Uh, and he goes down to Earth through a portal, uh, interdimensional portal, to wreak vengeance on Sonic, who is now teamed up with another extraterrestrial called Tails. And Dr. Robotnik gets his own sidekick. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be going to see this because of the intricate plot. Well, that's all you need to know. Uh, They're trying to find, they're both racing to find this green emerald, which can turn your thoughts into power. But it is almost unwatchable. There was one bizarre scene where Tails and Sonic end up at a Siberian tavern, where all, it, it was like that scene from Straw Dogs, whether the James Marsden version or indeed the Dustin Hoffman version, where the Russians are depicted as terribly unfriendly. And I'm feeling very sorry for the Russians at the moment. I'm not feeling sorry for Putin, but I'm feeling feeling sorry for the Russians, but they're not depicted well. It is, I, I think it's problematic also when your protagonist is virtually indestructible and can outrun every threat. Uh, and then you've got the dire, dire dialogue, <laughs> characters stating the bleeding obvious, and these bizarre subplots. It's a real mess. So let's move on. Okay. Okay. So that was number one. Number one. Number two is a film called Morbius, which is a Marvel film, oh, which yes. made £3.3 million. Pounds. It got pretty stinking reviews. The poster declares that a new Marvel legend arrives, which is a moot point, as Morbius is a variation on Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Venom lets there be carnage, and the entire Batman back catalogue. Even so, it does try to explain itself. My problem with so many of the superhero movies is that I don't actually believe a man can fly. At least Morbius, the movie, goes to some pains to explain the science and is unafraid to use words like anticoagulants and exsanguination, exsanguination, Mm. the latter, of course, referring to the act of draining a body of its blood derived from the Latin for blood, sanguis. all of which I rather liked because it was explaining to me how all this was working. And I'm, I'm interested in science and biology. Anyway, this is what I call the Jared movie, as it stars Jared Leto and Jared Harris, uh, the latter playing the former's mentor. As a boy, Michael Morbius and his best friend Milo are picked on for being different as they both have a 
rare blood condition that renders them extremely weak and almost unable to walk, but that they need calipers to get around. But Michael has a brilliant brain. And as a grown man, he's invented an artificial blood that has saved the lives of millions, but not his own. But he continues his research and finds a rare bat in Costa Rica, whose blood, when mixed with that of human plasma, that is Michael's own bloodstream, turns him into an Olympic athlete. There are, of course, side effects. But Michael, being a scientist, is determined to fine-tune his miracle cure. Whereas Milo, played by as an adult by Matt Smith, is just happy to enjoy feeling like an athlete for the first time in his life. There is a very good supporting performance by Adria Ahona, who I believe is Puerto Rican, as Morbis's assistant. Jared Leto is his... Well, he lost a phenomenal amount of weight. He did a Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, where you see him virtually skeletal mm. in the early scenes of the film. And in the latter half of the film, when the, the new plasma is beginning to work, he buffed up like Christian Bale in The Dark Knight and looked amazing. And you wonder, maybe if you're working for a film like um, a really serious art house film or a social film, but why do it for something like this? Wasn't there one called The Machinist in which that happened? Yeah, yeah, Christian Bale. Yes, lost, again, yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, there are many examples of <clears throat> actors doing this. <clears throat> And Jared Leto and Christian Bale and Joaquin Phoenix are the past masters at it. It's directed by Daniel Espinosa. And I quite enjoyed it until, of course, in the second half, it goes all CGI and very, very silly. But I suspect that there are a lot of teasers at the end. So I suspect that they want there to be a follow-up with Michael Keaton, who appears Yes, I mean, anything Marvel, of course, there's loads of stuff after the credits. I remember I hung around in Spider-Man. They were trying to get, the cleaners wanted to get everybody out of the cinema. But of course, there's stuff not only partway through the credits, but right at the end of the credits, too. Um, yes, yeah, so it doesn't well, sound like you're terribly excited by that. Because on IMDb, Michael Keaton is featured as the main picture. And I kept on waiting for Michael Keaton to appear, and he doesn't appear until the credits. <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, rather confusing. So don't expect Michael Keaton in the film. Okay. Anyway, uh, number three, we have... Yes, and James, is probably, probably let's take a pause before we get into to, to number three, if that's okay, just in case it's going to take a little while. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to The Business of Film, where I'm talking as ever to James Cameron Wilson. We've only got, well, halfway through, James, but we've only got to number three in the chart. What is that? This is a new cartoon from DreamWorks Animation called The Bad Guys, based on the children's book by Aaron Blaby, the Australian children's writer, 
about a group of animals who are try who are villainous and are trying to be reformed. Now, I took an exceptional amount of time trying to get to the cinema to review this, especially for this show, mm. only to find out that the cinema, the multiplex, had been flooded by burst water mains. Oh, good grief! And I was standing there in the foyer with my hot cup of coffee, at, which I got from a very expensive barista. And I had to go all the way home again. So that was two oh, hours, two and a half hours out of my life awful. for nothing. So I, I, I can't tell you any more than what I've told you, but I will see it in time for next uh, week's show. I'm sorry, yeah, sorry. We could have done that before the break then, obviously. <laughs> well, and yeah, and how, much, how much has it taken? It took £2.3 million. Pounds. So uh, all three films opened very strongly indeed, which is why it shift, shifted up. The box office, one hundred and eighty-one percent, which is well, really yeah. good. Yeah, I mean that's that's over ten million um, at the weekend alone for the top three films. Extraordinary. Yeah, no, it's, it's good that in spite of everything, that people are going to the cinema. Mm. Well, and, I hope you don't have to go all the way back to see it a second time or can find some way of seeing well, it. Well, I will ring in the past to make sure yeah, that the um, cinema is dry. You have a cinema you can ring. Gosh, that's amazingly old-fashioned. But they know who like, I am, Simon. Oh, okay. Well, like everything else, <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't get in touch with any company by phone now, or even sometimes by letter. Usually, if I'm at the premises, I can find a way of getting a number that I know I will get through to a human being. It's something I've always done, and I still have the private number of the Odeon Leicester Square. <laughs> if if the Odeon Leicester Square <laughs> still exists, it's been so long since I've been yeah, to Leicester yeah. Square. Still, still there, still charging more than any other cinema in London, I think. Uh, um, yes, okay. <clears throat> so, but if you well, ever want, between you and me, I can give you the private number to the manager. That's very useful. Very useful. <laughs> okay, so, James, number four. let's go down. Yeah, yeah four. we have The Batman, which, as you know, I didn't like, and I'm finding more and more people agree mm. with me, down 28% for a total of 37.9 million quid. Number five, we've got Ambulance, which I haven't reviewed yet down 48%, which is the new Michael Bay movie. Yes. And what Michael Bay does, he does very well. And while Ambulance has been accused of being a Michael Bay film, it is certainly that, and it is probably the best that he has made to date, because he's dealing with human beings here. After all, this man's films have earned $7.8 billion. So he must be doing something right. The star of Ambulance is Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, who played Bobby Seal in The Trial of the Chicago 7. He starred in the new Candyman film, which I really liked. And he was Morpheus in The Matrix Resurrections. It wasn't until I saw Ambulance that I decided I've really got to learn how to pronounce this man's name. Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, because he's not going anywhere. And he brings a real nobility to what is a piece of high-grade trash. He plays Will Sharp, an army vet, who is desperately trying to fund his wife's life-saving surgery. And you see him on the phone at the beginning, ringing up people and getting put on hold and getting uh, machine messages. And you can feel his desperation. And you can also feel the love he has for his wife. So when he goes to his brother, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, to see if he can have any work whatsoever. He's just desperate for some money. Jake Gyllenhaal is actually about to pull off a bank heist. And in spite of Will Sharp's reluctance, he finds himself 
in the middle of a bank heist that goes terribly wrong. The other star of the film is Isa Gonzalez, who plays Cam Thompson, who is not only the most beautiful, but is the best paramedic in Los Angeles. Now, I think this is a great idea. Basically, ambulance is speed in an ambulance. Because when the bank, bank heist goes wrong, inevitably, of course it does, mm. and it's a very long film, so it's quite early on that I can tell you that it goes wrong, they hijack the ambulance with Abdul, uh, uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, at the, uh, at the steering wheel. And Isa Gonzalez, playing Cam Thompson, is actually operating on a cop that Will Sharp, Yahya, has accidentally shot. So... They don't want the death of a policeman on their hands. So they are performing this really delicate operation while the LAPD and the FBI are chasing them and they're trying to keep the cop alive. So there's this ironic situation as Michael Bay blows up Los Angeles and the stunts are extraordinary. <laughs> Although the film runs for 136 minutes, Michael Bay's box of tricks, including his fast-cutting, soaring dr drone shots, intense close-ups and twisting camera moves, he invents new camera moves for this film. Keep, well, kept me glued to the screen mm. and my seat. And I really did care for the characters played by Yahya Abdul-Mateen II and Isaac Gonzalez, because ultimately they were both trying to help other people. And as Yahya's brother, Danny Sharp, Jake Gyllenhaal, does exhibit a neat, sardonic sense of humour. And although it's a very long film, and as you know, I'm a bit of a credit geek, at the end, I have never seen a credit crawl zoom past so fast. Because I was waiting, I can now settle... Mm. absorb everything that's just happened and the credits are over in about a minute <laughs> wow is that the old hollywood old hollywood black and white movies well there's a lot of credits because a lot of about seven thousand people worked on this film but i assume that all the, the unions had uh, you know insisted that they stay on screen for a certain amount of time how interesting well it is interesting because i've never seen i mean after morbius where the credits go on for about 10 minutes i was mm. really shocked when ambulance ended just like that I thought, I wanted to know who the sound designer was. <laughs> uh, well, clearly, you have to wait you have to wait if it comes on to some other sort of service at home, and you can slow it down. How bizarre. Yeah, indeed. Anyway, well, it sounds um, interesting. And Michael Bay, I mean, you mentioned, because he, the one who, <laughs> I think was a music video director, wasn't he, to begin with, but they did, um, it was Bad Boys and The Rock were the two that really sort of catapulted. Well, he named so The Rock, a cop right. paraphrases Sean Connery <clears throat> in it. Uh, and, of course, Pearl Harbor is probably his most famous Oh, film. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not a great director, but I think this is his best film. Okay. Thank that you, a Michael so Bay film. And people like Michael Bay because they make a lot of money. So it's already down to number five, then? It is down to number five, down 48%. Down Sadly, hmm. it didn't get very good reviews, but I think that's unfair. At number six, we've got Uncharted, down 37% for a total of £23.6 million sterling. And at number seven, we have another film I haven't seen. I've really let the side down this week called The Worst Person in the oh. World, down 21%, which is the best holdover in the top 10. Um, and it is a film I've seen, bizarrely, because I happened Yay! to be in Cambridge before I went away, and, of course, Cambridge has an art house cinema, and it's, that's where this sort of film will I love up. that cinema. It's a very odd title. I suppose it's a Norwegian film, though with other companies, countries involved. 
Um, but according to something I read, it sort of really, the title translated really more means my bad or mea culpa or something like that. Um, but it is about a young woman who just simply cannot decide what she wants to do with her life, whether it comes to occupation or indeed um, which man, if indeed any man, she wants to be with. Um, it's been compared to a Norwegian Annie Hall, which is probably the closest I can come to. Not as okay. funny, but interesting in being a good analysis of, of, of how do people actually decide what they want to do with their, with their lives. Um, it's got plenty of incident in. It's one of those films that you really enjoy talking about afterwards with your, your friend because there's much to chew over. It is funny. Occasionally it's sad. It's, um, I, yeah, there were times when I just kept thinking, oh, for goodness sake, stop changing occupation and just get on with life. But it's been very highly regarded. I think two Oscar nominations, two BAFTA nominations didn't win either. And I got a feeling the main actress, um, Renata Reinsford, didn't she win something at Cannes? Um, this year uh, I meant to look it up and I forgot to I know it got a lot of awards yeah. on the she got Global. Best Actress at Cannes and it was nominated for a Palm, Palm d'Or so if you like art house movies certainly it's the best I've seen in a long long time um, and I'm glad it's still at number 7 in the charts but clearly not everybody can see, the, see it at their local multiplex When was the last time that a Norwegian film got into the top 7? <laughs> you will probably be able to tell me I don't think ever. I can't think of any Norwegian film off the top of my head that got in so high up the chart. I get very confused about Scandinavian films. I'm trying to remember what, what I mean, it's years and years ago. What nationality was Babette's Feast? Swedish. Uh, no, okay. Danish, Danish. Danish. Okay, right. So, yes. I think, I think. Yes. Okay, well, you'll have to tell me. But um, I'll look into it, Simon. Yes, do please. Okay, but and number eight. Worth seeing. Okay, well, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Anyway, number eight, we've got the Nan movie, which was oh, yes. crucified by the critics, down 53% for a total of £1.5 million. And people are still trying to find out who directed it. Number nine, oh, we've got... James, when we talked about that last, of course, neither of us could remember off the top of our head, because it's been so long since it's happened, the name that directors normally choose to put on the credits if they Alan don't... Alan Smithy. Alan Smithy, it is, yes. It came to me after the show, yeah, yes, concluded. Likewise. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, but, uh, yes, but, no, but Alan Smithy dislikes the movie so much, even he won't put his name on the credits. Or Alana Smithy, because we know it's directed by oh, a yes. woman. Okay. Yes. Alana Smithy. Alana Smithy. Right, sorry. Possibly okay. Josie Rourke, uh, or possibly Catherine Tate. At number nine, we've got The Phantom of the Open, directed by Craig Roberts, down 44%, which didn't really work for me. I just found it sentimental and full of caricatures. I enjoyed it. It's one of those extraordinary true-life stories. Mm. I'm not sure, entirely sure it deserved that big screen treatment. At number 10, we've got Sing 2, which I did like, down 44%, with a total of 32.2 million. And I have to mention it. It's at number 13, Belfast, just because in our absence, we had an Oscar ceremony, Simon. And this won uh, the Oscar for Best Screenplay, courtesy of Kenneth Branagh. Best, did you um, stay up the whole night? I certainly did. And there mm. were many highlights for me. And I am so excited about next year that Variety have predicted that Florence Pugh will be nominated for Best Actress mm. in Olivia Wilde's psychological thriller, Don't Worry, Darling, co-starring Harry... She gets top billing. Co-starring Harry Styles, Chris Pine, Gemma Chan, and Olivia Wilde herself. And she's mm. already getting 
Oscar buzz. I'm very fond of Florence Pugh because I have met her a few times and she's a lovely person. But if I've got one minute to talk about a streaming title, may I? Okay, very, very quickly, James, yes. It's directed by Mariama Diallo, who is still in her 20s. She looks like a supermodel. She studied at Yale and she obviously has a huge career ahead of her. She's just directed Master, which is available available on Amazon Prime, starring Regina Hall and newcomer Zoe Rene. And it doesn't work, unfortunately. It's got not a sort of favourable reviews. It's trying to be get out, and it's talking about insidious racism. But it goes so over the top, and it uses all the tropes of the old haunted house films, mm. which... In this case, it's a college campus. And I, I just, it's very claustrophobic. I'm just so tired of haunted house movies. And I wanted it to stick to the racism, which, of course, she understands firsthand. She went to Yale and she would have understood that. But what she admits in interviews is, is that at the time she wasn't aware of it. It was only afterwards, looking back, that she realized what a racist institution institution the ivy league is and i think this is a really interesting idea that she doesn't manage to pull off but i think she's got a great career ahead of her james thank you very much indeed i've been talking to james cameron wilson we'll be back discussing the business of film at the same time next week i want to be alone Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? <laughs> <laughs>